This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you doing? Living the dream, buddy. How are you doing these days? You know, f- trying to figure out this weather. You know, 85 one day and 60 degrees and rainy the next. But, you know, That's hey, it's New York. In, northeast fall right there. In October. So, How's the year going so far? Uh, it's going pretty good. We're heading out of personal and social responsibility and cooperative games. And we're heading into team sports. Leading off with team handball. So everything's getting a little more dynamic and a little more competitive. So trying to call back all of those concepts and things that we talked about last episode and what we did last unit and trying to reinforce now their cooperative play or their competitive play with cooperative concepts so for sure yeah it's going pretty well i think this is a a cool time of year too because now that we're you know in in some case like for us up here in the northeast we're about a month and a half or so into the school year i know some of our friends to the south have started a little bit earlier but we're really getting to know our kids and the dynamic of our of our classes and which classes need more you know teacher hands-on instruction which ones kind of run like a well-oiled machine already and can really get to figure out what makes a lot of our students tick and for better or for worse we all i'm sure have those students in our room who maybe aren't as always or aren't always as excited to come to pe or not as willing to really put themselves out there and make themselves part of the pe community so we want to talk a little bit today about what we can do as teachers to help engage those unmotivated students or also those students who can't participate because of an injury or illness and can still keep them involved yeah. and part of the overall the overall family that we're trying to build there. We have a, a, a guest with us today. He is the best thing to come out of Seattle since Starbucks <laughs> and the finest teacher on the West Coast named Alex O'Brien. Uh, his name is Alex O'Brien, and he is here to talk about Unmotivated students. By the way, to take you behind the curtain a little bit, we use Skype when we have when we have guests in, and Alex has probably the clearest Skype picture I have ever seen. He looks magnificent. (laughs) Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Ooh, well, other than looking unbelievably gorgeous via Skype, um, I'm just excited (laughs) to be here. This has been a very cool year for me as well. I'm at a new school and. Talking on this subject about unmotivated students really gets me uh, excited because I had an experience just this week with exactly what we're going to talk about. Um, Beyond that, seeing the two of you and enjoying these conversations and talking about how to get better together as a uh, group of physical educators is just first class high dollar. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. We're, We're thrilled to have you, buddy. Alex is a teacher in the an elementary school teacher in the Seattle Public Schools district. So he's bringing kind of a of a West Coast vibe and a West Coast mindset to our conversation today. So let's jump right into what are some of the reasons why students in your classes might be unmotivated or disengaged? Yeah, I think we have a, a broad spectrum depending on where you are in the country, in the world. Uh, The cultural differences and the significance of what they bring to the table, that's going to be the first role that that is played. Outside of that, once you break down that first barrier, I think a lot of kids don't feel comfortable in their own skin. That self-efficacy is not there. It's not a consistent thing. And so they're going to push back, not because they're not pumped or amped or excited to do this new activity, but they're going to push back because 
they don't want to fail. They don't want their friends to see them um, not be the athlete, as it were, the jock um, insert characteristic here. Beyond that, you know, you have the the kids that have other things going on. Maybe they're running on five hours of sleep. They're dehydrated. They're they didn't have breakfast. They didn't have lunch. Mom and dad are fighting and screaming. So you have these different environmental dynamics that if you don't tap into, you really you really don't understand that the reason the kid is upset is not because of you or your class. There's 14 other things going wrong in this kid's life. And trying to find that perspective, I think, is uh, is, is tough to do, but it's, it's a necessary evil that we have to try to accomplish. Outside of those examples, I think some kids aren't motivated because they don't want to sweat. When you get into your middle school and high school <laughs> grades, yeah. bro, prom's coming up. Jessica was thinking about asking me to the prom. I'm not going to run the pacer test and sweat out my pits. And then Jessica's not going to ask me. I mean, that, that, that is always, yeah. at least it was for me. I was an aggressive sweater myself. And having that, again, the self-conscious thing, just do I want to be here? Am I motivated to do things that are going to push my physical limits? If, if I don't know a math problem, I can just not raise my hand. But if I can't catch a ball, if I can't do a motor skill or a fitness measurement, then everybody sees that. It's right out in the open. Folks, if you haven't noticed yet, the reason why we wanted Alex on to speak on this topic, he his personality is just so magnetic that I feel like students on the whole are are drawn to him and, and it enables him to build relationships with kids. You mentioned, I don't know, 14 different reasons why a kid might be unmotivated or disengaged. I'm thinking that could be one student yeah. who is, you know, over the course of the year is unmotivated for all 14 different reasons. And I think by yep. being able to build relationships with our kids and get to know what their situations are outside of your classroom and outside of your school enables you to tap into those those reasons. If you know a little bit, I mean, I'm not saying you have to know every, you know, all 600 kids inside and out, but if you know a little bit about what goes on behind, the, you know, behind closed doors, what makes them tick outside of the school, it'll be easier for you to tap into. And I think Alex hit the nail right on the head and not take it personally. It's not about you. It's not about your class. They probably love what you're doing, but they're just not feeling it because, again, maybe they didn't have breakfast that morning. Maybe yep. you know they haven't had dinner in two days. Maybe the power got turned off. You have no idea what is going on you know, below the surface. So I think that's a great way to, to, to kick things off. How does that change, again, from elementary school versus high school, Mike? I mean, I, I think it just looks a little bit different. The way that students will you know withdraw, disengage, or, in the contrast, act out because of those factors is just it, it's going to look it's going to look a little bit different um you might have an elementary student who comes in and like warms up fine but then when it comes to sitting down and you know soaking up some instruction they're off task or they're acting out at the high school level um a lot of a lot of things i see when students are you know withdrawing or unmotivated they they do just that they withdraw or while you're delivering instruction they're you know talking to their buddy or, you know, it, it, it just, it looks different. It's all off task behavior, but you know, it's, it's comes in a different, uh, a couple different flavors. And like you said before, really keying into, I have, I have one ninth grader that I'm really, I'm really pushing mm -hmm. because he reminds me of the way I was when I was in high school. And I tell him that I use that to build my relationship with him. And I'm like, listen, I understand 
how like how your brain works and things when you come into this room because I was that kid and that's why I'm going to push you to be your best because you remind me of a young Mike Miller and I found that his, that's gotten me a little bit of mileage with him and and he's and he's improving but just just keying into those relationships at whatever whatever level you're at whether it's you know the little guys or the big guys and just you know keep keep plugging away to keep them motivated as best you can I think of myself as a teacher and to be a little vulnerable myself right now. I know when I was a first year, second year, third year teacher, I would look at students who came in with this attitude, this mindset, and just think, oh, you know what? They're lazy. Yeah. They don't want to do this. You know, you know, they're, quote, unquote, a bad kid. And I think as I've gotten more experience, more comfortable, and just better, I guess, at being a teacher, and Alex, again, brought up a great point. A lot of times it is the super-duper athletic kid who's really just giving me a hard time. And it's not because he's a bad kid or lazy. I think Alex was spot on. He is so used to being great at what he does that when we introduce a game like spike ball or badminton or something that he's never done before, he doesn't want to look bad or she doesn't want to look bad in front of their friends. So the easiest thing to do is defend. Just be too cool at that right. point. Yeah. I'm exactly. not going to do it because because this is stupid. Yeah. Where really it's like, no, like we're creating a culture where, you know what, you're going to fail the first time you do it, and that's totally cool. That's how we get better as people is to experience a little failure and then build ourselves up to being you know, able to say we can do it. That's where the, the whole physical literacy piece comes in. We're adding another tool to your arsenal that you didn't have when the unit started, and by the end of the unit, now you you know how to do it, you're comfortable doing it, you're confident doing it, and we can get people back on board. And one of the one of the things to jump off of that point of just that that athletic student is that athletic student sometimes is unmotivated in their own sport. We're playing basketball and they don't like the basketball unit because I'm teaching somebody how to dribble and they're on the AAU select team and they got the N1 yeah. mixtape going. And so they're way too cool <laughs> for school at this point. And how do I tap in? How do I make that uh, student a leader as opposed to somebody who is cancerous to a quality lesson? For sure. And I think that's a great segue into the next question I wanted to bring up was what are some tricks or tips or strategies to re-engage those students, to bring them into the the community? I, I think this is a broad topic that we probably could spend just this alone yeah. talking on because, again, there are – dozens of different factors that might be causing a student to act in this way so what are just some of the examples of ways that you've navigated this this road to get students back on board i think the 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 one that's been the most effective through my we'll 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 say short career um you know i've only been teaching for about seven years and in that process i think experience is always is always good you get to see failures you get to crash into those walls and become better but overall what do you think of these crows in the background? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're, they're listeners now. The relationship, building a relationship with the student, making them believe in what you're trying to do. A lot of times um, we come across as dictators and we're telling somebody what to do as opposed to portraying it as though it is a democracy. We know it's a di- di- dictatorship. I'm the judge, jury, and executioner. I'm not asking you <laughs> to run on the line. I'm telling you to run on the line. But we don't want to be that transparent right out of the gate because we want them to understand that this is for a greater purpose. We want them to understand the why. So giving those students an option 
and making them feel as though they're they're part of the culture as opposed to this is already in place and we are plugging you into it making it uh, making it be a community at the school that i am currently at we talk about community a lot um, in this first month of school and we have a um, a cue to call so we say community and the kids say all of us together and you got your um, hey, hey, team. Hey, hey, coach. Uh, you're you're incredible people uh, like old Jimmy DeLine doing those those cuta calls and getting those feedbacks. But when you actually establish a community and when you actually bring people together, they have buy in. They have a, a commitment to it. And so if you get them committed, if you get them to a place where they can feel happy and they can feel like, again, they can be not successful all the time, then I think that's where you get your best your best bang for your buck. Outside of all of that, when it comes to those troubled kids, student voice, student choice. Okay, we're, let's, uh, let's do a sports-based model. Insert basketball. All right, we're, pl- we're playing basketball. We are going to do dribbling. We're going to do shooting. We're going to make sure they can skip because you can't skip without a layup. The basic motor skills. We're going to do all the progressions that a quality physical educator would do. And then we get into the game setting. Well, in the game setting, you have X, Y student that is not interested in the game setting. Well, what's your what's your objective? What's your outcome? Is your outcome to make sure they can play a team sport? Okay, if that's your outcome, then we got to find a way to do it. But if your outcome is not to make sure they can play a team sport and it's just the fundamental skills of basketball, then when it comes to the game time, give them an option to not even play in the game. Give them an option to jump rope. Get, do a, a, a hit, high-intensity interval training. Get them in a circuit, an AMRAP by themselves. Allow them to get in their happy place, <laughs> uh, to <laughs> quote the happy Gilmore, right? Get in their happy yep. place and <laughs> – Get out of their way. Half the time, they don't want you to look at them or see them do anything in the first place. So let them do their thing. And I think that's where you see that kind of intrinsic motivation come out of a lot of those kids. Because I've been talking about, they don't want anybody to see them fail. They are so emotionally and socially in the dark that they... uh, they can't handle it. It's gonna. It's that. It's that tipping point. It's going to push them over the edge in a lot of situations. This reminds me a lot of my my elementary school teaching days when you would get you know you, you know fourth period little Susie or little Johnny's coming to class and you know that you can tell on their face before they even get to the door what kind of day it's going to be. I found especially at that level you know K through six even that it was inc- incredibly powerful to really single that student out from the jump and say hey. I really need you to set these cones up for me. Or, hey, can you go grab X, Y, and Z from the equipment room and, and put this, you know, here, there, and there, and really make them feel like this class can't run without you. You're a leader in this group. I can't do my job without you. And, and give them that sense of importance. I feel like at the the high school level and upper middle school level, it's a little trickier. I I did that three times last week with maybe, my freshman. Maybe it's not as tricky then. <laughs> <laughs> and it still, it still works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, you have to pick the right, the For right sure. kid. But. but again, going back to relationship building, knowing what makes kids tick. Yeah. Sometimes just feeling like, all right, you know what? I know A, a kid thinks I'm not going to be successful in this class today. Well, guess what? If you're a leader and you're setting things up for everybody else, you're already a, a success. You're already getting us off to yeah. a good start. For my older kids, it could be something as simple as, Hey, why don't you pick up the songs that we're going to listen to today? 
and yeah. I get more buy-in because I'm dancing to my favorite song. You know what? I'll go ahead and do what Mr. Martinez wanted me to do today because I'm rocking out yeah. to my favorite songs. You know, so again, going back to student choice, student voice, if I give you an almost equal share in how this class is going to run, now you're more likely to buy into what we're doing, even though you may never be on board with playing basketball or you know, playing badminton or you know, doing, doing a yoga routine. If I gave you, it could be something as silly as you get the one purple yoga mat today. Everyone else has blue. You get the one special purple one. And now you feel yeah. a little bit more positive about what's going on in the room and that's just from building relationships with your kids and knowing how to read them when they get to the door you know i know that you know maybe carlos is going to be a little bit more rambunctious today i'm going to pull him up and help and have him help me demonstrate you know just to take him out of that that social space and and put him in my space to where he has no choice but to be engaged because he's you know standing in front of everybody but that also doesn't work for every kid so You know, building those relationships and knowing your students inside and out so that way you can just, boom, get a read on them the second they walk in your gym. And I'll tell you, one thing that's worked for me at every level is, and it also helps with the relationship building overall, is getting to see my kids outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. If you are willing to take your lunch to the cafeteria every day and pick a table and sit and either chat with kids or just listen to the ridiculous conversations they have amongst themselves – you can figure out what their favorite TV shows are, their favorite sports teams, their favorite whatever, and figure out ways to infuse that into your curriculum. Figure out ways to touch base with them as they're transitioning in the hallways or pop into a class and just give a kid a thumbs up who looks like they're doing a great job in math, ELA, science. Just that extra step of saying, hey, Coach Martinez just saw me and gave me a thumbs up while I was writing an essay when he sees me or she sees me in my class now, they're bringing that positive experience with them and are, are probably more likely to say, you know what, let me put my my baggage aside for a second and and give this guy a chance because he really cares about what's going on in my life. Exactly. I played a game of yeah. Uno at I played a game of Uno at lunch the other day. Great game. And it was it was an eye opening experience. I, I love it. <laughs> I uh <laughs> yesterday on Friday we were School day is over, and I'm um, walking to pick up the jump ropes and the balls that the kids, um, you know, uh, obviously put nicely back on the rack. Um, and <laughs> and there's a group of girls that had somebody's birthday, and they got cupcakes. And I'm walking by, and they say, Mr. O'Brien, do you want a cupcake? And I say, uh, no, I don't. I like broccoli and carrots. Now, did I take the <laughs> cupcake? Yes, I did. Did I eat it? Yes, but out loud – and that kind, that kind of um, almost the the I, I don't I don't want to call it sarcasm, but hey, I'm a real person. That kind of fake, kind of joking atmosphere when you're outside of the gym, like you're talking about, they, they want you to see, they want to see you in your true light and and how you are um, at the elementary level with with the kids. You know, you live at the school. You don't have a home. You don't have a life. Right. Yeah, that's, that, that's your home. At the middle school, high school, they know that you don't live at the school, but they don't think that you really have a life. And so to see you in a different atmosphere, to see you vulnerable, um, I, think that, I think that goes a long way with a lot of those kids. For sure. I, I, I do agree, especially at the elementary school level. Not only do they think you live in the school, they think you just live in your room. Yep. Anytime <laughs> I walk into the gym, Mr. O'Brien's <laughs> going to be there. Mr. Miller's going to be there. So, again, I feel like getting seen 
getting seen seeing kids yep. in the hallways, in the classrooms, in the cafeteria. Let them know that there's more to you than just the guy who gives directions and teaches me how to play games, but someone who is going to ask me questions about how my day is going, how was dinner last night, what what'd you do this weekend, and try to remember those things to, again, use it as, as, as a tool. To uh, I had one kid I remember who would do anything for the Golden State Warriors. A little bit of a bandwagon follower, but whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> we um, can blow that up. <laughs> right. But if we can give a, an instruction that now involves the words Steph Curry in, in my example, all of a sudden his eyes light up and he's bought in. He will literally do anything I say afterwards because I, I mentioned the name of his favorite player and now he's on board with it. But I feel like you don't get those just in your 45-minute or 55-minute session. So I, I think going that extra step helps to save you months and months of agony and, <laughs> and, and, and headaches. And, and for, those, for those people out there that are going, okay, hey, yeah, this is in a perfect world. This is in the cookie-cutter box. I have 700 students. How am I going to touch base with 700 students when I already don't have a family and a, and a home life and, like, everything else is – crumbling at the pieces right now. I'm feeling this, this stress kind of build up. Um, just to speak to that, if I get seen <laughs> talking to a student by other students, that in a lot of ways has the same effect. Um, I'm at lunch and I talk to two students and it takes me 30 seconds to have those quick um, connections, if you will. And then 45, 60, 100 students saw that. And those 45, 60, 100 students, hey, did you see Mr. O'Brien? Did you see Mr. Martinez? Did you see that happen? And maybe even more on a subconscious level, but hey, he's trying. She's trying. I guess I'll give it a go. And maybe they only give it a go for five minutes, but <laughs> it's five more minutes than they would have originally. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I want to publicly name for everyone who's listening there's no one in this conversation who can attest that this works every single time Absolutely. with every single kid. Sometimes you spend a whole 10 months mm -hmm. trying to figure out what, what makes a, t a kid tick, trying to figure out how to get into his or her inner circle to build that trust, but it doesn't mean we stop trying. Um, Alex mentioned you know, a dozen different scenarios that might throw a child off mentally, emotionally. There's probably a dozen, if not hundreds, of different strategies and tips uh, the kid who wants you to sit at lunch and talk to them might have a kid right next to them who wants you nowhere near them <laughs> during lunch. There might be a, a, a different road we have to go down. But I think these are just some things that have worked for us in the past. And I, I think my message, at least, is just writing these kids off is not an option. Yeah. Just saying, oh, this is a difficult kid who's never going to do what we want him to do is not a solution. That there, There's definitely ways to try to navigate these relationships and I – mean, it's, it's going to impact your classroom culture in a huge way, if, especially if the kid who maybe is not getting along in science, reading, all that. If he comes in or she comes in as a rock star in your class, that builds culture. The kids yeah. say, wow, like everyone's on point in this room, and we can do amazing things together once that happens. I just want to shift our focus. I know we're running a little short on time, but there is also a difference. I know a lot of people have, have asked this question, not just the, the student who is unmotivated or unengaged, but students who come in who have a, you know, broke their ankle or have some kind of a, a physical condition where they can't participate for a week, two weeks, a month in some cases, what are some of the things that we've done to keep those kids as part of the culture instead of just saying, oh, you're in a cast, go sit down for a month, I'll see you, I'll see you in March? 
What, what are some, some tricks we've used there? I actually have a, a sophomore who, I think on the third day of school, her and her mother uh, got in a car accident on the way to school. Yowzer. So now she is, you know, being treated for whatever, but she is medically excused from PE. So, and and it's fortunate enough that she is a girl who is um, motivated and she's, you know, she's willing to, she actually approached me, you know, is there anything I can do, like, while, you know, while I can't participate and one of the things that i had her do was do all of my fitness grading recording so during class and during you know each fitness test she was the one who had my clipboard in her hand writing down and i was still learning names so it was perfect you know and while while you're learning names and while you're trying to get you know 27 different scores down Taking a second to say, okay, what's your name one more time? You know, that's three seconds times, you know, 27 people. That's, you know, an extra two and a half minutes you're adding on to just recording numbers. So I really keyed into her to, you know, say, okay, so-and-so is going to come over and she's going to get all your scores. And that was just one thing that I didn't have to think about. And that was one thing that she was glad to do while she was... In class, instead of just sitting there and not participating. For sure. Having that idea of there is more to this class than just making you sweat and making you move and forcing you, air quotes, mm-hmm. to do whatever it is I'm saying, I, I think speaks volumes because you have that, you have that culture that is already there. And the culture that's already there is this is PE class. I'm going here to exercise i'm using my body i'm not using my mind and Mm -hmm. it's that very stagnant atmosphere that we're trying to really eliminate and in eliminating that giving the students an opportunity to understand there's a lot that goes into this and regardless of your physical abilities we're going to make time and make effort to allow you to be a part of this community because at the end of the day if you don't get a sweat on today Life will continue, but I need you to walk away with something tangible <laughs> that you can hopefully apply maybe after school. Maybe you put down the hot Takis and the Cheetos and maybe you mix in broccoli and just getting those little concepts. And for a lot of students, you know, your student that gets in the car wreck, they want to stay away from PE class 100%. <laughs> and you've just created an atmosphere where they're almost stoked. They're almost excited to go because now I have a purpose. Now I have a, a, a reason to be motivated dude you're spot on again i was going to mention that whenever i have students who can't participate i actually write it into my lesson plans for that period of time i I refer to it as leadership training so i'll seek those kids out again either in the cafeteria or during a transition and say hey when you come down i need you to keep score for today i need you to run a station for me today Um, in the past as mike mentioned i've used students who were either out early or towards the end of the year to run fitness gram stations for me, either the sit and reach or the the BMI station. And I'll have them come down on a study hall or during lunch and train them on how to run that station. So when they come down, they're just as much of a part of the activity as everyone else. And selfishly, as Mike mentioned, it makes my life easier. It's one less thing that I have to do. Um, But the benefit to that, I think, is that now when that student is a fully, fully, functioning member of of the group when when they come back from from injury they're now leaders 
yeah. in the room because they've been in charge of something before. So they yeah. feel more empowered, and the other students see them as someone who, ha- who runs things down here, w- whether it's equipment or stats or rules. They're, again, coming down and sitting down and not doing anything is not an option. Worst case scenario, you might be DJ for the day. And again, you're, you're choosing songs, and you, now, now the other kids can yell at you for picking bad songs instead of yelling at me all the time for picking bad songs. But exactly. You're basically a, a co-teacher now. You're, you're, you're my assistant, and you're just as much of, a, a, of the group as everybody else was. Mr. O'Brien, please stop playing Thunderstruck on repeat. Uh, let me take over <laughs> the one time. Uh, that, Were you playing that, all the boy bands in uh, in the gym the other day? Was that you? Or was that one of your kids? Uh, that, that, that was me. Okay, that was right. me. That, that was a little insane. I, I just wanted to just wanted to make that clear. All right, a, go ahead. There's a little insane going on down there. I was having a rough day and I needed to be the DJ. I can dig it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the the I have I have a couple kiddos that are in the adapted PE realm, and I don't specifically have an adapted PE class this year, but a couple of them are a temporary adapted PE and there's a handful that are you know going to be lifelong adapted PE and getting into you know how how do we make sure that everybody's involved how do we make sure that everybody's feeling like they're part of the activity part of the lesson those kids want you to ask them questions um, sometimes they want you to modify sometimes they want you to do those different things that are going to allow them to be successful and they are as a result unique Sometimes they want to go out there and fail and they want to go out there and really um, be doing what everybody else is doing. And so making sure you tap into what do they actually want? What do they need? What's uh, going to make them successful and happy during that time that they're with you? Folks, I, I wish that we could spend another half hour, another hour talking about this topic. And I wish I could spend every day of my life Skyping with Alex O'Brien. But unfortunately, our time today has come to a close. Alex, thank you so much, A, for getting up so early on the West Coast. Again, I, my apologies on the, on the, the time zone uh, snafu there. We appreciate your time, brother. And if anyone out there is looking for a spike ball partner, please, please, please give Alex O'Brien a call. He's a ringer. He's one of the best the world has to offer, as well as one of the finest teachers in all the land. Alex, thanks so much for popping on, buddy. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Um, one of the things that I just have to say is when I get to talk with the two of you and seeing the just the energy and the passion, it, it, it gets me pumped up. And for all y'all out there listening, um, these guys are first class high dollar and they really know how to uh, make you want to be a better teacher. So thank you so much for having me, y'all. <laughs> My pleasure, brother. Uh, folks, thank you for tuning in. If you want to reach out to ask any questions about the episode, about engaging unmotivated students or non-participants please 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 give us an, uh, a shout via email we're available at openforumpod at gmail.com or you can always tweet the show directly at open if you have a question for mr miller or myself we're available on twitter as well i'm available at at phys freak and i am at coach miller p again we love all the questions and the comments that have been coming in on facebook on twitter please keep those rolling we truly want to keep this show an open forum Thanks again for tuning in, folks, and until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open 
are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.